Join Justin Charity and Micah Peters in sound only as they discuss their deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, rap music, video games, anime, YouTube, social media, and their underlying themes. Check out Sound Only on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Calling all running nerds, Brooks has just dropped the Go 16, a sweet name for an even sweeter shoe. If you're looking for comfort for that morning jog or when you're hopping on that treadmill, look no further than the Go 16, which has a nitrogen-infused cushioning. That means it's nice, soft, and lightweight. So you got the comfort, but you don't sacrifice the speed. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins and the better-than-ever Brooks Go 16. Click or tap the banner to learn more. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected. An inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue. A surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland. Watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being. Present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. Into the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. We are Jomi, the explainer, a dinner on. We are Cutly Steve Almond, the holiday bear. We are Coke Baby Chuck, the 24 karat closer. And we are Old Man Hairline Retreating, like the goddamn Delta variant, Lathan. Together, the four of us are known as the Midnight Boys. Listen, you guys, we're back. The Midnight Boys are back. We've got some programming reminders right here for the Ringiverse. The House of R will return this Monday to give their deep dive analysis of Eternals, the movie that we're going to be recapping today on the Midnight Boys. Okay, The Midnight Boys will be back later on for the first ever edition of Midnight Misses. We teased it we heard you we're on it midnight missus is coming charles are you excited about this you get to be negative for a whole hour wow guys i was about to come back and say like i took a vacation i've come back refreshed positive i like missed all of y'all so fucking much (laughs) and now you're just giving me this treat like you're hooking my arm up coke you're giving me that snort of coke next week i can be my true self i'm so excited you can't wait this is gonna be fun they can't all be hits guys (laughs) Most of them are misses. Okay. They can't all be hits. We're going to talk about some midnight misses uh, next week. On today's show, though, we're diving headfirst into our reaction to Eternals. And later, we have a special guest to talk about the film. One of the stars of the movie was very gracious to play 12 Questions to Midnight um, with us. His name is Kumal Nanjiani, and he plays Kingo. We're at the top of fandom. This this is a mode that nobody's been in before. You know what I mean? Like we're we're at the top of fandom now. Here's the thing: it's time to discuss the movie. I've seen the movie twice. It's time to talk about Eternals. I know that some of you may have come to this podcast 
to listen to the reaction of a movie that you haven't seen yet because I know that that's a thing that happens. It's not, but we have to pretend like it is. So, Christmas Bear Steve, please roll the spoiler warning. We're getting ready to talk about Eternals. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. Now, Steve and other people, you might be asking yourself why Steve's new nickname is the Christmas Bear. I, I'm very curious, actually. <laughs> You're very curious about this as you being this? It's because Steve came over to the house like oh, okay. a week or, or a week ago or something like that. We hung out all day long. And we, it was me, Steve, shout out Jackson. We hung out all day long. It was a great Shout was out great Nick May, my partner. And um, my girl came in, okay? And she was like, we should do this same thing during the holidays. Like, that's a good holiday group you got. You guys, you were able to hang out all day. And I was like, yeah, we should have Steve over for Christmas. And then she was like, yes, he could be like a polar bear. She made the joke because you're white. What you, what you, what? <laughs> so wait, you want me in a costume at your house? No, man? you want you me just to just have you already got your costume. Oh, clearly, okay. And then we decide. And then I was like, "Yeah, he's like a Christmas bear," because you, Steve, is the perfect company to have at your house. Steve likes to well, eat. Thank you. Yes, I do. He's inquisitive. He's very fun to hang around with. Steve. Good conversationalist. Conversationalist. He can go. He can. So Steve, the Christmas bear. Like if you're in town, we're going to have a, uh, we're going to have a Christmas celebration. Jomi can come so he can get his food and then leave. And then, <laughs> and then immediately leave. And then immediately as soon leave. as they, as soon as they serve the ham, I'm leaving. Like, really I'm quick, out. Van, I want to say that you have grown immensely because I immediately thought, there is a nine out of ten chance that he gets on this podcast today and calls Steve Robert Sarver the Phoenix <laughs> oh my God. owner, and I was just like, I was, no. I want to make a bet on it, and you have it yet, so no, you've grown I'm a on, lot. I'm off that. I'm only on to cuddly <laughs> nicknames for Steve. Every nickname I give for Steve now, because Facebook was so mad about Six Steve, is going to be cute. <laughs> so the first one in the line of cute is going to be the Christmas Bear Steve Almond. Okay, right, let's great. get to your Eternals. This movie was directed by Oscar winner Chloe Zhao. Currently sits at 52% on Rotten Tomatoes with no audience score. Uh, so as we record this on a Thursday, there's no audience reaction score for Eternals just yet. This has been, it's fair to say, one of the most divisive movies uh, of the MCU to date. And as it sits right now, if we're being honest, uh, one of the poorest reviewed. That is a thing. Okay. Uh, let's get into this a little bit. Charles, how excited were you for this movie when you found out that it was coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, so excited. I think this was the moment, besides Spider-Man, that a lot of us had been waiting for. We knew Shang-Chi was going to be very self-contained. Black Widow was going to be a prequel. But Eternals, I think, had this level of expectation because we had been waiting so long after the end of Endgame to be like, what's the future? What's next? You have this Oscar award-winning director. You have this diverse cast. And I just think this, and at least for me, this felt like, all right, this is the future of Marvel. Let's see what their first shot is. 
I'm hyped. What about you? Were did you have that same level of expectation? Uh, yeah, remember I had said I had predicted that this would be one of the top ten Marvel movies, top ten Marvel debuts. Oh shit! You made your all right. Whoa, 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 whoa! Before you finish, let's uh, let's get uh, your bet. Is it top ten? <laughs> Is it top fifteen? Let's get into some stuff here. So no, it's not. I think that. Me, like a lot of other people, looked at this film and looked at the visionary director that it had on it, the cast that it had with it, and some of the things that it was going to tackle and thought this was a chance for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to approach story in ways that they hadn't approached it before. And so because of that, um, I think a lot of people were curious about what the Eternals meant for the MCU and what it meant for superhero movies. So for me, uh, you know, her, hearing about the director, hearing about the cast, hearing about the way they were going, hearing about the characters that they were choosing to take on, uh, it got me very, very, very excited. I guess the question now that I've seen the movie actually twice is, what do I think about it? How does it sit with me? And let's go ahead and talk about it right now. Let's get that well, out of the before way. We, before we talk about what we think, I just want to, right now, Coke Baby Chuck, I'm putting the drugs in the drawer. Company's coming over, okay? For once in my life, I'm going to be a positive Peter, okay? A positive Paul. Everybody's kind of like, oh, man, this Marvel movie is the first rotten MCU movie on Rotten Tomatoes. It's the worst review, blah, blah, blah. A lot of the reviews, while correct, are, are going in. Ether. It is time. I have to be real. I think we are all kind of the licking of the chops like, oh, this is the worst MCU movie ever is a little overstated, a little uh, hyperbolic, if you will. Where, does this movie work? No. Is this movie flawed? Yes. But I don't think like this is by far the worst Marvel movie ever. There are still good things about this movie. I just think that it's Achilles heel is it's trying to do so many things at once and it's trying to include so many new aesthetics and story ideas to the MCU that it just doesn't have the time for. And it stumbled. But I want to get it out of the way. Like, Van, do you, like, be honest, do you really think this is the worst MCU movie ever? No. Like, no way. Like, it's not even close. It just wasn't, I think that it didn't meet expectations, which is fine. That happens all of the time. But I'm going to go down some of the, I have the Rotten Tomato scores for some of these movies. All right, so... Before Eternals, the worst reviewed one still got a fresh at 66 was Thor The Dark World. What do you think is a better movie, Eternals or Thor The Dark World? Don't be a troll. I'm not trolling. I think it's Thor The Dark World. Wait, really? If I'm comparing it between those two movies, I Eternals do. I is better than Thor The Dark World. I think, Come no, on. I think Thor The Dark World is better than the Eternals. Going up, we have The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Avengers Age of Ultron. I still think Eternals is better than all those movies. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> you think... <laughs> hold on. Wait. So you think <laughs> Eternals is better than Avengers Age of Ultron? Actually, no. Okay, it's, I was about I, to say, because you yeah, think yeah, that no, Avengers no, 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 Age no, no, of Ultron no, 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 is right, better right, than right, OG right, Avengers. Right. You, you saved me. I would, slot it, I would slot it after Avengers Age of Ultron, but I think it's better than both Iron Man 2 and The Incredible Hulk. Do you think that Eternals is better than the OG Avengers movie? No. Okay. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You see, you're trying to get me back in my old no, I'm not, ways. I'm not, I'm, asking, I'm just asking a question. I think it's clearly better than Incredible Hulk, and I think it's slightly better than Iron Man 2. 
Slightly. I would say they're on similar levels of like there's stuff to enjoy in both movies, but they were just doing too much. You feel me? Right. Slightly better than Iron Man 2. Um, it's not as if you're going to go to Eternals and come away from the movie mad. It's not. It's just that the movie is incredibly ambitious. It's eternally ambitious. And anytime you have a film that's that ambitious, that's locked into the type of storytelling that we're used to getting from the MCU, you open yourself up for some pitfalls and perhaps a, a couple of misses. You know, the movie tried hard. And sometimes when, you know, you try hard, you fail hard. So, and these are two things that I've been thinking about. Why people are kind of so, at least the critics have been very, very upset and the reception has been divisive so far. The first thing is, I think, coming into this year, after Endgame, it set our, our expectations so high. And now we're looking for the, for, to the future. Everybody wants the Fantastic Four. Everybody wants mutants. Everybody wants multiverse. And I think with Eternals, people are like, all right, yeah, this is going to be the one that shows us the future of Marvel. And it's not. And after having, what, we've had four, four TV shows and three movies. And all of them have kind of not really pushed the MCU that far. I think there is a little level of like, what's next? You gave us Endgame. This isn't enough. And I think the second thing is, is that for the longest time, the MCU is what I would like to call, it was like, it was like dating someone, you know? When the MCU was releasing three or four movies a year, it was fine. You go out, you have a good time, you hook up, boom, 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 boom. With Disney Plus, the MCU has been in our house. Like, we've had, four shows. We've had three movies. Damn near every week of the year, it has felt like we've had something to debate. And I think that gives you a level of kind of like, all right, like not as good. The level of quality recently has not been the same because there's just so much more of it. Is that me being too negative or it's just like, that's what happened? Not at all. And I think parts of the MCU are like Jesus now. Yes. Everybody says that they love Jesus now. Oh, I love Jesus. It's his best album, but continue. That's fine, Charles. <laughs> this isn't, I know this isn't the music I, show. I like, it, Charles, that's such a predictable take from you. <laughs> like, it, 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 I don't, I don't, I'm not even gonna get into it, dog. That's like, that's fine. But what I'm saying is that everybody revisits Jesus now, and because of the collective wonder, I'll give you a better example than Jesus. Jay-Z's Kingdom Come album. I was around when Kingdom Come dropped. Y'all are lying, okay? Everybody derided the, the Kingdom Come when it came out. Everybody oh, hated was it. like, Hove has lost it. What is he doing with that Hollywood song? I kind of like that song, by the way. But like, Hove has lost it, all of that. And now, Jay-Z does what everyone who continues to make great art does, there's a part where making great art is just about continuing to challenge and push yourself. And then there's a time where making great art or having a career in the art, should I say, is just about not dying. So every artist has a career where they just don't die. There's a part of your career where you come out and you make all of these great things and the, next, the things that you make are better than the thing that you made before. We all go crazy. Then there's a part to where you come out, there's a part of your career where either you die or you don't die. And if you die, then you get hit down, like kicked down into a lower rung of artists and we never come back, never come back to you. But see, if you don't die, if you can just stick out that part, then you can get on the back half of your career and still be artistically viable to the point to where we still care. That happened 
to uh, Jay-Z. Jay-Z came out, he had Kingdom Come, and then he had American Gangster, then he had Blueprint 3. None of those were crazy amazing. American Gangster was good music, but none of those were crazy amazing, but they just kept him float, afloat, right? They kept him relevant, which relevant. is hard considering what he was, he was like mid-40s at that it point? Was, yeah, right, no, mid or early 40s, right? They kept him relevant. Then, you know, he starts coming out, his, 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 like his life changes, you know, and whatever he comes to the point is, and he's doing this thing. I'm going down a rabbit hole, but I want to tell you guys that this is what's happening to the MCU. What's happening to the MCU is there is now a revisionist history about certain MCU movies from the past that make that we think these movies were great when they came out. Nobody was writing home about Captain America: The First Avenger. Nobody, absolutely nobody was writing home about it. No one was. No one was writing home about Iron Man 2 at the point that it came out. Nobody was writing home about Throw the Dark World. Nobody was writing home about The Incredible Hulk. Nobody was writing home about those movies. What happened is after we went to see Winter Soldier, we went to see Guardians of the Galaxy, we went to see all of those. And in context, all of those movies look better now. Oh, I would even say after the first Avengers, everybody started thinking of the previous movies a little bit more positively. And I agree with you. If we're taking this year... Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals. It definitely feels like Kingdom Come, American Gangster, Blueprint 3. That's what I'm saying. None of, like, hits. Like, those albums still did well, but they're not Reasonable Doubt. Right. And they're not the Blueprint. And right. it's fine. Right. It's just about, and I think they might get it with Spidey. They might get it with Doctor Strange. All the MCU really has to do is write out this really tough year and show us they can do it once again. They just have to pull off the magic trick one more time and then they're fine. They just haven't yet this year. But I think they'll get there. So that whole long, drawn-out Jay-Z thing was for me to say that our expectation is a part of this. What the MCU wanted to do was show, and I think this is where the filmmakers and the studio has to kind of come into this. What the MCU wanted to do was show that they could turn us on to a whole new batches of characters that challenge the status quo of the superhero community and that we will be swept off our feet again. It's possible that we can't be swept off our feet again like we were before because Endgame changed so many things. So it's possible, like even like a movie like Doctor Strange, we went to see it. Most people don't even have that much of an opinion on Doctor Strange. I happen to love the movie, but most people just like, Doctor Strange went to see it. We know it's part of the bigger thing. That film would have been harder to make at this point. So I'm saying all this to say, sure, Eternals didn't really work for me. But there are lots of reasons why besides the movie. The movie is completely entertaining enough to warrant a trip out to the theaters. But we're asking for so much more from these films now than we used to. And we have to look at that too. You know what I mean? We have to consider that because a lot of people are going to hear some stuff in the podcast. And we always want to be honest with our audience and make sure that you guys know that we're giving you guys our actual takes. But there's a lot of context that goes around this stuff too. And that's not without carrying Disney's water or carrying water for any of the people in the film or because we have such an amazing interview coming for you later. It's just to let you know that like, it doesn't have to be feast or famine. You know, there's shades. It's an eternal spectrum. Oh, look at Ooh, that wrap up. That's, me, that's how I know you've been doing it a while. Go. I've been going for a while. Oh, yeah.
This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Calling all running nerds, Brooks has just dropped the Go 16, a sweet name for an even sweeter shoe. If you're looking for comfort for that morning jog or when you're hopping on that treadmill, look no further than the Go 16, which has a nitrogen-infused cushioning. That means it's nice, soft, and lightweight. So you got the comfort, but you don't sacrifice the speed. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins and the better-than-ever Brooks Go 16. Click or tap the banner to learn more. Okay, now, let's get to some nuts and bolts about the movie right now. They introduce the Eternals. The Eternals who are Cersei, Jimmy Chan. She is an elemental manipulator. Thena, Angelina Jolie. Weapons mastery and conjuring. A little hard to pick out what exactly her power was in the movie. Icarus, Richard Madden. He is basically your Superman analog. Flight, laser eyes, super strength. Druig, Barry Keown. He's got mind control powers. He's super cool. Gilgamesh, Don Lee, super strength. Ajak, Selma Hayek, super healing. Fastos, Brian Tyree Henry, Machinomancy. He is an expert creator, think Forge of the Eternals, but he has all of those you know, special powers to build stuff and help with technology. Kingo, Camille Nanjiani, who we have joining us uh, later on the show. Finger Guns, Makari. Lauren Ridloff, who I had a little crush on, Super Speed, Sprite, Leah McHugh, Invisibility, and Shape Shifting. Those are all of your Eternals. Who had some of the best story moments to you, Charles? Ooh, best story moments? All right, so everybody's going to be like, you just you just had it, like, it's just because you got an interview with him. But I honestly think of the person who I was just like, Oh, like they made a really, really good call casting you was um was Kingo, Kamal because he was the one like humor wise that was carrying a lot of the movie when it got really, really heavy. I think his character was by far the funniest. I think the Bollywood moments really, really work in making the movies really, really works. I think you, this is the one we're going to disagree on. I think runner up would have to be Fastos Brian Tyree Henry. I just thought he was charming. I loved him in this movie. I thought. I, I will say this. I think his story was rushed, but when he was with the Eternals, when he was the guy, like, come on, guys, what are we doing? I really like those two together. What about you? Who were who are the storylines where you're like, yeah? I love Druig. I thought that Druig was going to be easily the evil bad eternal. Same, same. But, but he turned out to be the one that had the most of a of a like a in a way he almost loved humanity the most. Loved Druig, loved the fact that he came around to kind of be like a real anti-hero badass and not like an actual, you know, like a when I say anti-hero, I mean like someone who does bad things but then comes back around at the end. Not somebody that's like in the X-Men. Did, did, did you co-sign his cult thing? Because I didn't co-sign the cult thing, but he had a very, very good point in a flashback of being like, yo, what the fuck are we doing? You guys need to like intervene. He had a point. Here's my problem though. Almost everybody who starts a cult has a point. You know, like nobody ever starts a cult for a bad reason. You know, it's like <laughs> people, when people start a cult, they don't go, hey, you know what I want to do? I want to start a cult. Well, what we're going to do is oppress people and make sure that they can't watch Night Court. That's not what they do. They say, hey, what I want to do is provide an area where everyone can have free thought, access to crayons, everyone eats, everyone chills, everyone. I want you to get to the highest level of yourself. 
is what these guys say. And, you know, just r- weird stuff like that. So no one ever starts you a cult for You got very, very specific about like five different cults. How much do you know about cults? Van definitely just watched The Vow. I could pretty, I'm pretty sure that I watched happened. about, <laughs> wait a minute. But, but here's the thing though. I watch everything about cults. I watch everything about cults. That's what I'm saying. So, so who would, I have to ask this then. Out of the four Midnight Boys, who do you think is the most likely to join a cult? Off the top. What? Steve, it's not even fucking close. I knew your answer before you even said me. I didn't even have to listen. I didn't even have to listen, Van. Yeah, like, well, of course it's, what? It's obviously Steve. Steve would start the cult. (laughs) Jomi's not joining the cult unless Jomi's already in one. Jomi, are you in a cult? I'm good. No, I don't need that extra friendship and community. I like where I'm at right now. (laughs) Right, right. Um, So, yeah, I thought Druid, like, I thought his storyline came around and it was pretty awesome. And, you know, I thought Jimmy Chan held things together at Cersei pretty well uh, as well. Those were the Eternals that I felt like most next to, Kingo among them. I think the the problem was there were some Eternals that I felt like nothing for, which is always a tough thing in the movie. I felt nothing for Gilgamesh. Didn't care about Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh was kind of cool. Didn't really care about Gilgamesh at all. Sprite was annoying. All right, can we just be real? Sprite. In terms of MCU characters, I'm just like, y'all gave her nothing. Y'all gave Sprite nothing. I'm sure I'm asking this question and a lot of people would have the same question. Was it necessary to have Angelina Jolie in that role? Like, Angelina Jolie is one of the biggest stars on the planet. That was like a nothing role for her. Like, I thought she would bring way more to the MCU. Maybe they have more planned for Thena, or maybe things aren't going as well over at the Jolie Pitt household as I think they are, but for her to be such a huge name and to kind of be in that movie as as she was, I didn't didn't understand that. I didn't get that. They didn't let her eat. And it's just like, knowing how great of an actress Angelita Jolie is, after I left the movie, I was like, this is how you use her? I mean, it speaks to the MCU that they could get an actress like Angelita Jolie to do what she was doing in the movie, which is like showing up for 20 minutes. But wow, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, look, this is what we have to do. Uh, we have to get into the recap. We're contractually obligated to give a recap. I just want to let you guys know something. This movie was two hours and 40 minutes long. So the recap is about to be five hours. So it's not necessarily that I think it's necessary to give you guys a recap, but a recap is what we got to do. So this is what we have to do today is give you a recap. All right. But let's set the vibe a little bit. All right, Steve, give us a little recappy cap, cap it a cap, cap, cap tunes, baby. Oh, Steve, I actually know. Could you give Van some nice Bollywood music? Ooh, okay. In honor of this, mo- of, of this. And uh, give us a nice performance, Van, if you, if you wouldn't mind. Make it flashy. We open with the... Okay. This, is a, this is kind of a robust document, guys. So let's get through it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Steve wrote a fucking MLA format on this shit, bro. Yeah. I tried to, I tried to keep scenes in sentences. Right. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> We open with a text scroll that explains the short history of Celestials and Eternals. Sent by the prime Celestial Ereshen, Eternals land on Earth to protect them from Deviants, a race of chaotic beings that feed on natural life. 
They fight off a deviant invasion in ancient Mesopotamia. Charles just left his seat to take a break. And they begin with their help in the development of the human race. We jump into present-day London, where Cersei is living as a teacher with her boyfriend, Dane Whitman. Also living in London, accompanying Cersei is Feralol Eternal Sprite. A mysterious earthquake happens, bringing forth another deviant long thought to be defeated. A battle with Sprite, Cersei, and the deviant ensues until another eternal Icarus intervenes, defeating it. They then choose to band together to unite the rest of the Eternals to defeat the deviants. We then cut back to ancient Babylon, where our Eternals are once again fighting off deviants. Prime Eternal Ajax speaks to Erishim, and it reminds Ajax to focus on the true purpose of their mission and not to get too attached to Earth and its people. Icarus admits to Cersei that he loves her, and they share a romantic scene, oh yeah, and get married a few decades later. We cut to present-day South Dakota, where the team of Eternals finds their leader Ajax murdered, presumably by deviants. Cersei is then mysteriously given the ability to speak to Erishim, but does not know how to yet. They travel to the Eternal Kingo, who is now a world-famous Bollywood film star. In present-day Australia, the team finds Gilgamesh and Thena, hermits in the outback living off the land. Cersei then communicates with Erishim and discovers that their true mission is to allow the destruction of Earth to birth a new celestial. Heavy. And a bummer. Upon learning this, the team decides to break from their loyalty and find a way to save the world. In the Amazon, they find Druid. Now the leader of a remote commune slash cult he's kept in hiding for generations. In convincing him to join, more deviants attack and kill Gilgamesh. Sad. The deviants then become stronger with the death of an Eternal. They then find Fastos in Chicago, where he has settled down on Oblak and is living next to Chief Keith Little Reese. No, I'm just joking. We has settled down <laughs> with his husband and son and is convinced to help the team find the birthplace of the Celestial. Just before doing so, Icarus turns heel and reveals that he killed Ajax and chose to protect the birth of the Celestial like Erishim wants. A final battle ensues on the shores of a volcanic Pacific island where they prevent the birth of the Celestial. Still in love with Cersei, Icarus flies away from Earth and into the sun. Cersei turns Sprite into a human and the Eternals go their separate ways, but not before Erishim vows to return cast judgment. You want to know how I know that was long? Because I went to go to the bathroom, washed my hands, came back, and you were only on the third paragraph. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, had, I, I really had to c- consolidate. I, I really, I tried my best. No, I, Steve, you did a great job. Listen, I'm just Christmas saying, what wow. happens? This movie's busy. <laughs> It's a busy movie, Christmas Bear. Let's give it a Midnight Meter ranking now, Chuck. Has to be done. Now, if you guys don't remember what the Midnight Meter is, the, the, it's, a, it's the same thing as a normal scale between 1 to 10. If you guys don't remember what the Midnight Meter is, it's the same thing as a normal scale. It goes 1 to 10. But we reserve the right to give movies a 12 based upon their iconic status. One to ten, but we can go over ten if we really think that it's very important. That's what the midnight meter is all about. God damn it, Charles! Don't make me go first. On the midnight meter, what do you give Eternals? This is where they turn against me, guys. I, I like I have positive things to say. I'm trying my best. My heart says a six. My heart mm-hmm. says a six, and I think I'm gonna have to stick there. Yeah, it's a five. It's a hey. five. Yeah, it's a five. <laughs> 
I thought I was. You guys, like, it's okay. Look, look I, 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 look, you guys, you guys. The Eternals will return. They will be better than ever. The movie was. I I saw the movie twice. The second time I saw the movie, I had a much better enjoyment than the first time. It's fine. It's okay. No, I think a five. Stick to it. I actually the movies. It's a five. It's, it's fine. a five. Uh, and here, here, Jomi, Jomi is in the background acting like we are just we've we've lost the plot. So Jomi, Steve, give us your midnight meter rankings. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Charles. I think this is a six. It's it, it's a big big swing. It's a swing and a miss. We I like that. The, I think like that they took it. Mm-hmm. I, I respect that swing a lot. Yeah. I totally agree. Jomi, now please have the floor. Why are why did we lose the plot? I'm gonna go out and say it's a seven. Bad journalism. Right. <laughs> no, no. And here's it's I bad think, journalism. No, no, you gotta understand. People are gonna like this movie. People are really gonna like this movie. Uh, no, 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 no. We didn't say are people gonna like this movie. We said, what is your midnight meter, Jomi? Okay. And but and then you also said, why am I making the faces? Why am I out here? I'm t- I'm just letting y'all know, right? When they come out, people are gonna be like, "Man, I really liked Eternals. That was really fun. I liked all the stuff that happened. It was a long movie, da da da." And a five is wild. I'd be honest with you. I'd be honest with you. I think this one was a five. I think Black Widow was a five. All right, like I think, like I think. Oh, you can I, throw Black Widow there too. I forgot Black Widow. Yeah, you can throw Black yeah, Widow there Black too. Will, I think, I think this yeah. was a five. I think Black Widow was a five. Okay. By the way, a five doesn't mean you're kicking yourself. You're mad because I'm, <laughs> I'm being free. I'm being honest, man. Like I'm being honest. Like I went to Eternals. Eternals to me, I, we saw it for the screening earlier, and then I had a chance to go see it again. I want to see it again. You're not going to be mad at Eternals, no. but no. five is where I stand. Okay. Uh, now, here's the deal. Uh, let's talk about what actually went wrong. If we're agreeing that this movie was uh, enjoyable but somewhat flawed, what went wrong? Okay, were there too many plot lines for you, Charles? You had the Icarus and Cersei love story. You had Sprite wanting to get with Icarus, which was a little odd. A little odd. Athena and Gilgamesh, the memory, the the Gilgamesh, the memory loss, violence plot line, all of that stuff. Did this movie just have? Too many things going on to connect it to a center line to where you could uh, deal with it. Hell yes. We're not even we're not even mentioning that damn near 40 percent of this movie is flashback. So not only do we have all of these things going on in like the modern time, we're going back in time. Like they were trying to do like some 2001 Space Odyssey type shit being like we're starting at the dawn of human existence and we're going to the present. And yet it's just so much to juggle. And then on top of that, we got to throw in the storyline of like who the Eternals are, the Celestials. There's a twist and we'll talk about it later of really the whole history of the Eternals. Me as a comic book fan sitting in the theater, my head was spinning. I'm like, all right, I got to keep track of all this stuff. And I'm sorry, there there was just no way in a two and a half hour movie, all of those plot points were going to land. Was there any point in this movie, Van, where you were just like, not confused, but a little bit like, yo, there's too much to keep track of right now. So there's something that happens in movies or stuff where I just glass over. Like I stop, it's not that I can't follow, it's I stop trying. And like the movies, what ha- what's happening on the screen doesn't, it's not, it's no longer parts of a whole that like make up into a movie. 
I call it the stuff quadrant, where it's just like mm. stuff on the screen. It's no longer story. It's just like stuff is happening. The, the stuff quadrant. And there's never been an MCU movie before that's brought me to the stuff quadrant. Like other films have, like, you know, Transformers, Dark of the Moon, where like <laughs> it, it, you, you're watching the movie and all of a sudden there's not really a movie happening. It's just stuff on screen. Stuff, stuff, I would stuff, call that, stuff. that would be my tenant. When I was in tenant, I was just like, all right, cool. Tenant's uh, a stuff quadrant movie. It's just like stuff. Stuff, 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 stuff. Oh, they're doing cool stuff. I'm, 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 not, I'm out of it now, but I'm here, so I'm just watching the stuff. There were some stuffy moments here. There's some like there's some moments that were stuffy. Like the first time she turned the deviant into a tree, I didn't even get it. <laughs> like I, I'm serious. I, I only got that the second time. I didn't I didn't even so much was going on in the movie that I didn't get that she couldn't turn an uh like an inanimate object into something. I was like, well, what's the big fucking deal? He's like, you've never done it before. I was like, well, like, so who cares? Like, just like stuff was happening. And I got lost in the stuff of Eternals. Oh, well, the minute they, the main plot, like driving plot point of this movie, which is that Thanos and like the snap brings this energy. The deviants are back. I'm like, all right, cool. The villains are the deviants. And they're like, but there's a celestial in the middle of the core of the earth and it's about to explode and everybody's about to die. I'm like, all right, cool, 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 cool. And then they start explaining how they're going to try to stop the celestial. And then um, they go to the big red one, uh, Arsham. I was like, guys, there's like, there's way too much happening on the screen. There's way too much exposition. It was, that was the point where, it, like you said, the stuff of it. And I'm like, none of this is character. None of this is like emotion. All of this is exposition dumps. And I'm just like, God. And then once you throw in the, <laughs> once you throw in the flashbacks, they were like going back to like Babylon and, and this thing and that thing. And can we be very, very clear? The one thing that I think, honestly, the big criminal part of this is that the thing that Eternals grapples with throughout the whole movie is, if you guys have been here since the dawn of time, or at least the dawn of humans, why did you never step in? That's the big thing that we heard, like, why they didn't stop uh, Thanos and everything. The thing that I was confused about is they do step in to help humanity. I was about to say. That's the point of the movie is that like at various points they did. And in my opinion, the worst part where they blame Hiroshima on a uh, gay black man, I was just like, nobody read over this uh, script to be like, no, 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 we can't do that. But I was just like, wait, if they, for the whole existence, they're helping humanity out. Why couldn't they step in for Thanos? That's what I don't care. Well, and then they said that they can't step in wherever deviants are involved. Deviants were invo- weren't involved with this celestial. It was a <laughs> celestial. I'm serious. No, I'm. It was right. a cel- it was a celestial, and they, and they were like, okay, well, this is too much, man. Maybe it was too much when people lost their grandfathers and, and their cousins. Maybe that was too much. You know, so wait, but, but I'm like, y'all saw slavery, y'all saw Holocaust, y'all saw all this shit, and you're just like, nope, we can't. Well, Druid would have just- been on that. Druid would have been on that. Hell but, yeah. But they didn't want, AJ didn't want him to do it. Drew, and am Drew, I being, am I being like too mean by saying like the whole Hiroshima part, even depicting it on screen, I'm like, this has a, a dearth of, t- like the taste level of this is so negative. Why well, would you I, I just think go it's, there? I think it's, I think my thing with that is, that what if Fasto's think was going to happen? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, it, yes. it, it's like, it, it, it's, it's like what, 
So he's been around. They were around when I guess that was the conquistadors hit South America or Central America and they're committing genocide. Then what's going to happen when you give this same race of people atomic power? You know, like it, like what's going to like what do you what did you exactly. think was going to happen? It just it seems like the Eternals. It seems like at some points the Eternals were the s- smartest dumb characters in the MCU history. They don't know nothing. They got a couple of rules. And to be honest with you, that might be part of the narrative. Part of the narrative might be that these are created for a perfect purpose and they don't really have a lot of information to uh, operate on besides the rules that they know and they made a lot of mistakes. And that's fine. But you're telling me Fastos went to the Deep South during Jim Crow and he's like, yeah, these people can be trusted with technology. Like, come come on. I would have rather them just been like, the Eternals have been asleep this whole time and the snap woke them up. And I'm like, all right, cool. You explained it all away. Ajax says that she changed her mind because the snap and because of the Avengers. So that made her see something different because we are able to give ourselves back. And by the way, as a human, a little insulting. Hmm. This is like as, as, a, as a human, I'm a little insulted by that. So before all of the stuff that had gone on, I mean, the Black Plague, smallpox was getting 50, 60 million people off the planet, right? But once you saw that we could bring everybody back, now you want to help us? <laughs> At the 11th hour, by the way, like yeah. seven days before the world's, seven world's days supposed before to end. It was like, now you want to help us? You know what I mean? <laughs> Those things take time. You know, you got to, you know, really think about what you're trying to do. You know, your whole mission. You feel me? And then you got to, you know, call Icarus up. He's got to fly in from where he at and be like, hey, listen, here's what the thought process. I'm Man, Icarus do. was so toxic, bro. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 seriously, bro. Icarus is one of the most I, like I'm serious. As far as heroes, Icarus and Bucky Barnes, like, are going back and forth for most toxic. Like, B- Bucky didn't do anything right for like five movies. Like, like nothing. Like Bucky was doing nothing right. All Bucky did was be toxic to Steve and make Steve. Steve Bucky made Steve. Think about this. Bucky made Steve. Bucky killed Tony's mom and dad. And then made Steve keep the secret. God damn. Bucky was toxic. Like eating crayons from, from public school. That type of toxic. But like, but like in, 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 in this particular situation, Icarus is so toxic. It was hard to get into it because he's to- obviously toxic. When Icarus basically kills Ajax, his mother character, I'm like, all right. And I knew, like, there was an inkling. I'm just like, man, this man is off because he's that toxic white bro. The minute he sees Cersei getting with Dane, he shows up like, yo, what's up? What you doing? How bro, you living? You left her <laughs> 3,000 years ago. <laughs> 3,000, but he was still like, or, 3,000, but he's still ago, checking her Instagram. Ago, like, and now she she get with uh, Jon Snow and you back already? Wait, do you think, like, let's be real. Do you think that Icarus was stalking her, was Cersei on Instagram, was leaving, like, hearts on her? On her, on her Actually, Instagram post. I don't. You don't? I think Icarus was going from continent to continent, slaying. <laughs> I think the only, like, I, I don't think Icarus was thinking about her at all. I think Icarus only thought about her after he had to give the business to Ajax. Look, Icarus gave the business to Ajax, and then he was thought, well, let me get close to her so she don't know that I did it. That's the only reason why he even came back, because he toxic. That's the kind of stuff that happens. The kind of dude that only calls when he's had sex with your friend and he wants to know if you know. 
You know what I mean? He like he like he wants to know, does she know anything? Hey, so you talked to Tanya lately? Cause he wants to know if Ooh. Tanya told you that they hooked up when they happened to meet up together in Miami one weekend. So that's who Icarus, like that's who Icarus you, is. Wait, you wanna know how I know Icarus is toxic? You wanna know how I know he's toxic? Cause the minute Sprite uh, like goes away with him, I'm like, dog, that's the moment you'd be like, yo. Relax. Like, go back with the family. Like, yeah. it, it, like stop. Like, it's not going to work. He's like, he's making her it seem like, yeah, yeah, you know, cool, cool, cool. Thanks for helping me out. I'm like, dog. Like, childling. Get away from here. The worst. Anyway, let's talk about some of the things we liked about the movie. This is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen on screen before. I got to be right. honest with you. The movie yeah. looks beautiful. Am I wrong about that, Charles? I think, I think calling it one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen. I, I just now want to know how many things you've seen in your life. You're very on old, screen. Man. On screen. One of the most beautiful movies I've seen on screen. The movie is very beautifully shot. It's lyrical in its beauty almost. I will say in terms of MCU movies, there are, there are sequences in this movie that are very beautiful. I would agree with that. Right. You want to know, one of the things I will like is, shout out Chloe Zhao, it is time for the MCU to get horny, to get freaky. Like, it's, it's, and we're at this point where now everybody's like, what, tell me, what's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong? a wild take. That's wild. How is this wild? Why are we, why are we a nation of, why are we a nation of fucking Puritans, okay? What are you talking about? Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> how, what do you mean how is it wild you just said it's time for the MCU to get horny yeah like, what, like, what, what are you yeah. how is that not a wild thing to say it's time for the MCU to get freaky the fact the fact right. that this is the first MCU movie where everybody's like guys two people have sex in the movie and everybody's like oh my gosh I'm like that shows that we're a nation of prudes like yes like we need more superheroes blowing people's backs out. It's fine, okay? There's nothing wrong. Wow. Sex is about way, humanity. Sex, is, sex okay. is how we know we're human. It's fine, guys. So I guess my thing is... <laughs> they got to put. They gotta be able to put these movies on Disney+, Plus, bro. I guess yeah, I'm about to say, I guess my thing is, do we need to see them have sex? Like, it's like, they're superheroes. <laughs> no. I mean, we... Like, I, I don't the answer is really no, man. That. The answer is no. The answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no, really. Yeah, I'm the really only one. I'm the only one. You like, don't I'm not, I don't really need... Nah, I don't really need it. Like, you know... All right, prudes. That's in, it's not, I'm not a prude. I don't mind it, but I'm not... I don't need it. Yeah, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying any movie, but they're always like... Like, the fact that we're still freaking out, they're just like, oh my God, Icarus and Cersei had sex on screen. Now, no, like, but, but here's the thing. They had sex... And there's always a little sex in these movies, a little flirtation and romanticism. But I think I saw a thrust. Like, <laughs> am I being honest? I think I saw her. No, no, I'm serious. She was laying down. And I think I saw their bodies going up and down. And that even I was like, I was looking around like, okay, I guess we're doing this. All right, never mind. I retract everything I said after having a year after hearing Van say that I retract. You can't all of my retract statements. it. You said it's I retracted. think it's time for the MCU to get horny. Wild. Okay, <laughs> we've got a lot of diversity in this movie. We got the first queer couple and queer family in the MCU. I thought that was beautifully done. We got the first deaf character and actor in an MCU film. I thought that character worked. Underused, but I thought she worked. Oh, come on. I thought she needed so much more time. She needed on so much more. So charming, so funny. Her and um Drew's chemistry together was so cute. They had uh, great chemistry, man. Like that should have been the love story for being real. That was, see, that was the love story that I wanted more of. 
Because had she had, she had been, um, let's get this actress's name because I do want to shout her out because she was really, really good. Uh, Lauren Ridloff. And she had been chilling in the, in the ship, just like reading a bunch of shit, collecting a bunch of shit. And then when she sees Druig, it's just this moment of just like, yo, my homie's back. Like, what's up? I thought that shit was so, so nice. Also, is it, is, isn't it implied that she's just like running around the world, like stealing things and bringing it back to the ship? Because she just had like a bunch of stuff. Oh, if I had super speed, that's what I'd be doing. No, I mean, the reality is the two characters, the two black characters in the movie, uh, one ran around the world as a thief and the other one destroyed <laughs> oh, parts man. of Japan. Van. Van. What? You're not wrong, though. You're not wrong, but dude. Oh, I, come wait, 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 wait. You don't have to tell I mean, me I'm not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. <laughs> one of them ran around stealing shit. <laughs> All right, and then the other one blew up to help blow up Japan. You guys can't see it right now, but but Van has a kufi on his on his head. Well, he's got the Van is not wrong. Though. Actually, no, it's, look, you know if you know it's crazy. If you look behind me, this whole thing in my hotel room, it looks like a big ass kufi. <laughs> it looks like a, it looks like, a, it looks like a giant kufi. The kufi on my head is so big that I'm I'm hiding inside the kufi. It's just true. It's just it look. It's just what happens, man. Let us stay around for eternity. We're going to steal some shit, okay? This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right. I, I loved all of the diversity that we saw in the film, and I thought that that's one of the things in the film that worked. And I have just the diversity. I like the diversity of sets. I like the fact of set pieces yesterday. I like the fact that they were all over the place. I liked the the idea of showing that the Eternals if, uh, influenced human society all over the place. But I think, like, narratively, sometimes it didn't work. Can I, wait, posit, can I posit something to you really, really quick? If, posit it. What I think could, like, work. Freaky. So I think I brought this up on the Midnight Boys before. We've had Spider-Man. The reason I think Spider-Man Tom Holland works a lot is because they set up so much of his character very quickly in Civil War. Same thing with Black Panther. When you have these characters kind of like popping up in other movies, instead of having to set up everything in the first movie, it's like, all right, we already know them. We already know this actor. Do you think Eternals could have worked a little bit better instead of introducing all of the Eternals at once? Maybe they sprinkle in Cersei here and Icarus there. So it's not so bogged down. I think, to be honest with you, Shang, she suffered for that reason as well. Yeah. Is that it's like, for me, I think that those that, that formula that Marvel had was the right formula to go about it with. And I just think they couldn't really stick to it as much because they had to wrap up the Infinity Saga. So it's hard to introduce brand new characters that are going to exist outside of the Infinity Saga 
when you wanted the audience to believe that the Infinity Saga could possibly be the end of the MCU. Now, we're definitely not going to think that the, the Infinity Saga is going to represent the end of the MCU if you're introducing very many new characters. If the Eternals are around, we know they're getting their movies, so you couldn't really do it as much, right? Even Captain Marvel comes before in her own film, and then they give it to her right after. They rushed Captain Marvel's development into the MCU. That's not typically the way they would do things as much. I even think the problem with the Infinity Saga now is that, John, we've gotten four movies at this point that all have to answer this annoying question of like, where was this character during the snap? Where was this character during the snap? What happened in this? And it was cute at first, and now it's like the Eternals is very, very hurt by this idea of just like, y'all are all-powerful beings and y'all did nothing. Same thing with Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is just like, where was everybody in this movie during the snap? And I honestly would give Kevin Feige and the MCU the biggest like pass if we never heard about the snap again after this movie. I never want to hear about it again. It happened. I don't know what to tell you. Um, like, uh, all right, let's, let's look into the post-credit scene and, and look ahead here. The first post, post-credit scene actually knocked me on my ass. If I was to give the movie, if I was to give it a six or a seven, it would be because they brought somebody on screen that I never thought I would see in the MCU, which is the little big homie, Pip the Troll. <laughs> like, I'm in the screening and all of a sudden, Pip stumbles out and I'm like, oh, shh, and nobody in the audience gives a Fuck that it's Pip the Troll. Love Pip the Troll, played by Patton Oswald, and the introduction of Eros, played by Harry Styles. Eros, who is, of course, Star, Star Fox, brother of Thanos. Thanos in the MCU is not of deviant origin. In the comic books, he is of deviant origin. He making it make sense that his brother is an eternal, right? He has a deviant. He was, they were born. He had a deviant strain. Uh, Eros had an eternal strain. What does this mean? So is Thanos an eternal in this? Because it seems as if they're making Star Fox one. Is Thanos an eternal in this? What's going on here? He wouldn't be an eternal because they showed us in the, the... We didn't talk about the big twist that the Eternals are essentially are robots. robots. They're robots in this created by the Celestials. And I, I got the feeling that the Eternals that we saw in this movie are the only Eternals. Like, there's a bunch of Eternals around the galaxy, but they're models. Is that, like, a wild take? Like, I thought, like, there are certain models for each. There's a bunch of so them So, the, what the you're galaxy. saying is, in this movie, then, it might be the case that Star Fox is not an Eternal himself. I don't know if he is. I haven't, like, guys, I will go see this movie twice because we're filming it to get it to you guys. I've, they didn't show me the, the scene, so everything I've learned is from the Midnight Boys. But I don't think that Harry Styles would be an Eternal because I thought we saw all the models in this movie. Show me the explainer. What are your thoughts? I don't, th- I, I t- I'm going to incline to agree with you. I don't think he's an Eternal because we saw all the models of all the, all the, the Eternals and he wasn't one of them. I think he's just, you know, Literally, Thanos' brother, you know, he's got his own superpowers or whatever, and he he just knows about the Celestials and about the Eternals, and he's just coming out to help. Is it wild to you guys that the Eternals are robots? Or the the reveal that they're like robots? Was that a little like, okay, all right, it's short. I mean, it, it. I don't know if it was supposed to be like a big reveal, but like it fell a bit with a thud because I'm like, well, I mean, anything that's supposed to live forever isn't exactly human. So like, meh. 
it was it was a weird moment in the theater. I was just like, oh, okay. I I guess sure. Yeah. It makes it a little weird to like get busy with like a robot if you're Dane. But that doesn't seem right. Like I would never, it's like, I'll be honest with you. I would never know if you loved me or if it was your programming. Have you, know you not seen Blade Runner? I mean, look, Man. I've seen Blade Runner. I mean, he's also got to think about the fact that his girlfriend's going to live for thousands of years long right, after well, he's I'll, dead. I'll ask you but... this question, Van. Van, let's say your beautiful fiance in a thousand years is no longer in the equation. Whatever. You're still alive. You drink, you've drinking the eternal elixir. And there's a robot. There's a very sexy robot that comes up to you. You're telling me you would knock into a relationship with this robot. Well, see, that's a thousand years later, though. You have to ask me if I would be with a robot now. Would you be with a robot now? No. What? See, I'm different. All right, don't, don't. I think of the rules. You know what I mean? I don't think a robot can consent. I never know if a robot's programmed to love me. I tell a robot, go out there and live your life. I'm not ex machina guy. I don't want robot sex slave prisoners. That's not my Here's thing. The, here's the thing. I'm about to blow your mind. With robots, you're saying, you know, I don't know if they're programmed to love me or not. But with humans, are we sure they're not programmed to love us? Let's go to the next thing. Wow. Just letting uh, that sizzle. Uh, letting okay. that sizzle on the grill oh, for our listeners. Okay. okay. Uh, what did you think about Harry Styles popping up in the in, in the MCU? It is a casting choice that has left me scratching my head, being like, all right, I liked him in Dunkirk, fine. Uh, but are we running out of out of actors? Like, but I will say this: to play Star Fox, he is the perfect choice. It's per- it is the perfect choice. The only thing is, obviously, you know, you might feel a way. It's almost like when um, on uh, a Game of Thrones, when Ed Sheeran popped up, you're like, oh, that, that that's point? what I'm saying. You're just you a little like, I mean? but at the same time, it is perfect cla- casting, perfect casting for him to play Star Fox. Like it, you couldn't do any better. I'm not here's I'm not hating like uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's a big Harry Styles fan. Giannis, I am Giannis, less Giannis, Giannis. Giannis. This Giannis. isn't the M. Don't say it. Okay. Don't say it like the people who don't watch basketball. <laughs> don't say it like that. We weren't, we weren't going to let that one slide, man. Yeah. All right, fine, yeah. guys. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, second post credit scene, post credits. Second post credit scene is Kit Harrington as Dane Whitman uh, attempting to pick up the mysterious Ebony Blade. <laughs> the Ebony Blade is what lets Dane Whitman become the Black Knight. He hinted to his family legacy in the movie, but just as he's about to pick up the Ebony Blade, a voice calls out to him. Any theories as to who this mysterious voice was? Some people think it's the Watcher. Some people think it is Dabney Coleman. Some people think it's Blade. Who do you think it is? I mean, we got a scoop coming up. I'm not going to spoil it, but we got Kamal telling us who it is. We got later on Kamal Najiani Kingo from the Eternals, telling us definitively who that voice is. He told us. <laughs> but let's get back to Dane. We didn't talk about Dane that much. Was Dane underused in this movie? I was just like, what the no, fuck? Like, it's not that he was underused. He wasn't used. It's not. It's not. It, he, he was. Look, look, man. Shout out to Kit. Because Kit got that bag for six hours. Dropped on it. I don't know if Kit ever left Atlanta. He was like, <laughs> like he put a couple of like little backgrounds past him. Kit got that. Ba- they literally had Kit FaceTime in 
for a scene. Like they literally had him FaceTime in. No, if, he if he wasn't was standing used. next to Cersei for all those scenes, I would be wildly surprised. They probably green screened that motherfucker in. Like <laughs> I also I was a little, I was a little hurt. I'm like, y'all got the Game of Thrones boys in this movie, and they on screen together for like one minute. What are we doing? If that, if, if that. that like what are we doing here? I'll tell you something though. When I saw them sharing, like when they were in that scene together, and I was like, they're going to share screen time. Rob Stark and Jon Snow are going to share screen time. And then as soon as you see them in one frame together, you're like, hey, yeah, let's go. And then that was it. That was, that was just, it was done. Which was good enough for way, the people it that me, It gave it. me a rush of excitement. Like, I'm not going to hold y'all. I was like, ah! But, you know, as it was it was still cool to see them, like Rob Stark and Jon Snow. Share, no, I wanted them at least. You got to give me a little bit more time with the Stark boys. I, my heart was broken. I have a question for you, Charles. Nate Moore is on record saying that this movie doesn't necessarily need a sequel. However, at the end of this film, there is seemingly at least a cliffhanger ending. Do you think Eternals needs a sequel? I'm I'm a man about this. Before I answer this, I'm a man about this. I know when I'm wrong on this podcast, and I'll admit it. So I want to send out a special apology to Steve and Jomi and everybody when I was like doing it again a sequel. It got a sequel. I was fucking wrong. Charles Stradamus was fucking wrong. Wait, wait, okay? wait, 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 wait. Hold on for a second. We know why we don't need your apology because we watched the movie and it very clearly said Doom Part 1 and we're not I, I, no, no, The second one was a greenlight. I'm just apologizing. Can I get back to Eternals? I just want to say, I'm sorry for being cranky. There has to be a second Eternals. The movie ends and I, like the ending was wild in the theater because it comes out of nowhere where, spoiler alert, but Arsham comes back and he takes the, he takes a few of the Eternals. The rest of them have gone off into space essentially to look for more Eternals to free them. Icarus has flown into the sun. We don't know his status, whether he's alive or dead. And then there's three left. I think it is Cersei, Fastos, and Kingo. And he's basically like, I'm going to take y'all and I'm going to basically read your mind, download all of the history to figure out if humanity is worth it or not. That is a very, very big cliffhanger to end on. I kind of feel like you need a sequel at this point. You do. By the way, not like not like that wasn't scary, by the way. When I say scary, I mean like I was like frightened. I don't like stuff with people being dragged into space. Like, you grab a person and bring them into space, and they're out there in the cold, desolate void of space. When Leia uh, was flown through space? Top five dumbest shit that has <laughs> ever happened in a Star Wars movie. I'm sorry. But them flying the ship into the other ship was pretty fucking cool. What's good? All right, wait, 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 wait. Really, really quick before we get off this. Do you think if there's an Eternals 2, Chloe Zhao returns with how critically no, blind No, hell comes? no. What? Does Chloe Zhao return? No. Hell no. No, 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 no. Do you think this was a misstep after the Oscar? Uh, No, it was not a misstep. She's got to go get that B.A.G. so that she can make another movie where, like, people roam around and don't do anything. So this, this, (laughs) like, like, I can can tell you, I can tell you right now that, by the way, I'm not saying I didn't like Nomadland. I thought it was fantastic, but... That, you know, you got to be able to, you can't base your whole yearly salary on like Nomadland. You got to go and make a couple of these so that you can do Nomadland 2. The check check had to be secured because like, let's be real. The next Clojure movie is probably not going to make 
blockbuster movie. It's going to be an Oscar thing, no, but it's not going to be the next Chloe like, Zhao movie is going to be Alicia Vikander in like a shack in <laughs> Greenland trying to figure out like her memories going back eons and decades. Maybe you get one wolf in the movie with her and then she'll win all the awards. Like that's what the, that's what, but you have to do the Eternals so that you can then go do that. I bet the entire, like, like I bet the entire time she was on the Eternals, Chloe Zhao was like, all right, let's go. I guess we got a, another day of this. Um, Damn. All right. We didn't talk about Chloe Zhao. But like before we wrap up, my big question with Chloe Zhao in this movie, do you think it was a misstep for her to try? Like she really did try to push the MCU, like the guardrails of it. And like it, it just wasn't successful. But I like that she took a swing. Yeah, of course. We talked about that. I mean, yeah, she, 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 she tried to bring her, her savvy and her expertise as an auteur to something that's, you know, a little bit less than that. It, the MCU is a little bit more than cookie cutter, but a little bit less than envelope pushing. It's almost like you can't do too much in the MCU. And what I mean Precisely. by that is like, you just got to do enough and people be like, all right, that was amazing. When you try to do too much. How about this? You can do a lot, but not too much. Right. All right. We're going to leave real quick, but before we do it, we're going to do rapid fire Eternals versus. Okay, Steve, I know yes, that sir. we've gone long and you don't feel like we have time for it. No, we're good. But I can tell you one thing. The movie was nine hours long, so the pod can be too. Yes, so, sir. So, Steve, go ahead. Set us up. We're going to do Eternals versus. Tell the people what it is again. All right. Rapid fire round. Team you guys up with different categories of things that happened in this movie and similar movies to see what you guys liked better from the two. First category, superhero sex scenes, Eternals versus Zack Snyder's Watchmen. What was the sex scene in the Watchmen again? It's when Owlman uh, sleeps with Silk oh, Scarlet in the, in the ship. I'm going to go with Watchmen because that one was very horny. Yeah, that's, that's... Can I give you an alternate one? Okay. Eternals versus the sex scene in The Boys Season 2 with uh, <laughs> Homelander and What's-Her-Face. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Jesus oh, Christ. my God. <laughs> that one was that's tough. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about that. That's too horny. That's too... No. That's way, that's no. going way no. over the limit, Charles. No. All right. Well, let's, let's go on to the next category. Uh, cold deaths that happen in South Dakota. Eternals versus The Revenant. So The Revenant, we're talking about Tom Hardy's death? Yes. Uh, one of the most brutal things I've ever <laughs> yes. seen on screen. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go with Ajax here just because I promised myself I would never watch The Revenant again. And I don't want to think about it either. So I'm going to go with Ajax. It's a tough, Reven- it's a tough the watch. Re- the Revenant death was brutal. I'm going to recuse myself because you know, guys know how I feel about gore in movies. I've never seen The Revenant, but I just finished Squid Game, so I'm getting there. Maybe right. Oh, wow. Day. Baby steps. Okay. Yeah, baby steps. I'm rocking with The Revenant. Tom Hardy got messed up. That's a yeah, messed up He one. got real messed up. Yeah. All right. Next category. So you're just going to let that happen, huh? Eternals versus Captain America at the end of Endgame. Well, you got to you got to think about Wakanda too. Wakanda was chilling. I'm just I'm I'm talking about Cap. He he hit the reset button for 60 to 70 years and had to do nothing as Captain America that whole he was time. With his, he was with this girl, he was with Haley Atwell. You got to understand, you know what I'm saying? So so you're picking so you're picking Captain America. I'm picking Wakanda. What was Wakanda doing? I, th- Slavery? <laughs> you know World War 2, World War 1? Nah, we're just going to pack it up. We're just going to kill it at the crib. Option C. <laughs> Wakanda, they need to do better. Come on now. I'm going to go with the Eternals. I'm going to go with the Eternals. Yeah. We'll go with the Eternals on this one for sure. 
the last slide. All right, next category, final category. Not quite sure what Kit Harrington was going for. Eternals versus all of Game of Thrones season six. Ooh. Game of Thrones season six, easily. Gotta be, but uh, easily. Like, like, gotta be. Gotta My be. But man, I, don't, I don't blame all of Game of Thrones season six on, on Kit, though. No, 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 no. Yeah. It was so a weird I got, part. It's gotta it was a weird be. part. Wait, no, if we're not sure what Kit Harrington is going for, are we saying like in the final season of Game of Thrones, he was making a lot of decisions that were just like so wildly irresponsible and so dumb. You're just like, dude. Yeah. Dude. All right. Yeah. It's Game of Thrones season. All right. Cool. All right. Um, okay, versus- guys, we have a special treat for you. If you've managed to hang on this long in the podcast, hopefully you have a special interview now with Kumal Nanjiani who plays Kingo in the Eternals. I the midnight boys. Getting our Hollywood on. We talk, we do, uh, we do a, a, a segment that Charles invented, produced by Charles Holmes. A segment called 12 Questions at Midnight, where we ask him 12 of the hardest, most burning questions in all of fandom. These are the burning questions. That makes it sound like an STD, man. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Don't, don't shame people. That I'm not shaming people. Through. Whatever. Just saying. So stick around for that on the other side of this break. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Okay, today, the Midnight Boys, we have a treat for you guys. We are joined here today by Kamal Nanjiani, a.k.a. Kingo of the brand new Marvel Studios movie, the Eternal, and we're going to play 12 questions to midnight the way that the Midnight Boys can, only can. Pew, pew! Charles? All right, yeah, in honor of our namesake, my co-host and I are going to ask Kamal 12 of the toughest questions we could come up with about the Eternals and see if he can answer them all in 20 minutes. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm going to go first. All right. Okay. I'm nervous. So you play a Bollywood star in this movie. All right. Bollywood star that's lived over the ages. Let's say that aliens were going to destroy the entire world (laughs) and you had to prove humanity's worth by showing them one Bollywood movie. You have to show the aliens one Bollywood movie. Which Bollywood movie would you choose? You know, uh, the first one that comes to mind is a movie called, it's called Amar Akbar Anthony. It's about three brothers. One's Hindu, one's Muslim, one's Christian. I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but it has some of my favorite actors in it. And I think it's from the 70s or early 80s. But it's really about, um, you know, that we can all coexist. There's differences. It doesn't matter. We're all people. So that's a nice positive message to show the aliens. Like, we all believe different stuff. We really get along. You know, basically, we survive by lying to the aliens. I was about to say, so we're going to lie to the aliens. That is one of the, you are on fire. Dude, That's one of the you best think answers. Telling the truth is going to stop the aliens from wanting to kill us? <laughs> we got to hide some shit. <laughs> All right, next up. 
I know actors. They know everything about the characters, even the stuff that's not on screen, okay? And one of the most controversial points of the Eternals movie is when Kingo dips out on his family in the final fight. So, Kamal, where was Kingo doing? What was he doing during this fight? Well, he had a movie to rap. He was, he, you know, he had like a, <laughs> a movie was more important. You can't just listen to this fight's going to go how it's going to go. But the movie, you know, that's his full time job. Honestly, this is the real answer. So there are two different perspectives that the eternal stake, right? One is what they think is the intellectually moral thing to do. I'm trying to talk really fast, which is what the Celestials want him to do is Earth will be destroyed, but a billion more Earths will form. Intellectually, that is the ethical thing to do. You, you let Earth go, more life can thrive. The other side is these people did not choose to be killed. They shouldn't be killed. It's about community, right? Those mm. are the two different. It's about compassion versus duty. Those are the two moral standpoints. King is the only one who has both. And he says that. He says, I still agree with the Celestial's mission. I think Earth should be destroyed so that more worlds can form, but he doesn't want to fight his family to do it. So mm. I think he makes the only truly moral choice and steps away. He pieces mm. out. That's fine. That's fine. Pieces out. Yeah. Question answered. Pieces out is feeling a little uh, editorialized and dismissive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strong moral stand. Amen. All right. If the Eternals were real, and you could force them to intervene into one thing that is threatening humanity besides climate change, what would you want to use the Eternals' power for? I feel like not enough restaurants are serving breakfast for, for dinner these days. Um, I Why is it? You got the Ooh. eggs back there. Just make me some eggs. Like, I want it. I know you've got the batter. Whip me up some waffles and pancakes. Can I have a pancake? Can I get a pancake at nine? I know you can do. All right, this is a lie, Kamal. I know for a fact that you can get breakfast at any restaurant you walk into. They're telling you no. They're telling you no. They have the stuff. There's no delivery that comes at midnight. It's all back there. It's easier than making like chicken piccata or whatever. Just toss it in the waffle iron. Put some berries on there. I know it's back there. Put a smile on my face. I always wonder why superheroes don't take up causes like that. That's the type of shit I want to see. Help me get pancakes at 9.30 at night. Charles, it's to you. That's a great answer. Fourth question. If you could only save one of your Eternals co-stars from the wrath of the Celestials, who would it be? Everybody else dies? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, we're talking the characters, right? Not the actors. We're talking the co-star that you built the, the bond with. Come on. Don't the people themselves. People. Okay. Well, I mean, I love everybody. I love everybody, but oh my God. You know what? I'm going to save Brian Tyree Henry. We've got... Woo! <laughs> we have an ally here on the Midnight Boys. I'm going to save Fastos because I don't want... That's the... <laughs> I don't want all the other actors to die. My God. This is the only question for next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there was a I'm not sure about your superhero acumen, but I'm going to ask you to weigh in on a big superhero thing that was happening on this place called Twitter, where things that are always positive happen. What's the place called? Twitter. Huh? Yeah. The place where only positive things happen. I should check it things out. Happen. So, yeah, you should, you should try it. Like, it's, it's a utopia. There was a big talk, a big debate on Twitter about who would win in a brawl, all out superhero brawl between the X-Men and the Avengers. Now, they haven't met the Eternals yet, 
You guys will be in that discussion after this movie goes on to make a billion dollars. But for right now, if you had to choose a winner between the X-Men and the Avengers, all-out superhero brawl, who are you going with? Okay, so you got Wolverine, you got Gambit, you got... And listen, I I gotta go with X-Men because, like, because Iron Man's dead. So they're down one. <laughs> There's a new Captain America. He's awesome. He can fly. So that's a plus. But I got to go with X-Men because they've got like all those innate abilities. They're not like relying on shit they've made. I mean, one of the Avengers just has a bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Hawkeye catching strays out here from Kingo. It's, it's true. But but that's the thing. The X-Men can like move and warp reality and time and telekinesis. I get it. No, you're right. Yeah, Wolverine can heal himself, you know? I mean, there's just like, it just feels, that. whereas, you know, Thor and Hulk have like actual, you know, I mean, what's Ant-Man going to do? Like, <laughs> get real small? All right. Amazing. Amazing. Next question. It was recently revealed in the Eternals post credit scene that Harry Styles is Eros, a.k.a. Star Fox, a.k.a. Thanos' brother, who has quote, pleasure stimulation powers. For those wondering, that means he's very sexy and people can't help but fall in love with him. So, in your opinion, who has the most game in the MCU between Tony Stark, Kingo, and Star Fox? All right? It's you, it's Harry Styles, it's RDJ. Who has the most game? That's tough, man. You can't put us up against One Direction. I mean, that's that feels unfair. <sighs> I, I'd love to say Kingo, but... I think it's got to be Harry Styles. I mean, really? Not all those Bollywood dance moves. You don't think you don't think you could do good in a club. I mean, I would do okay in a club, but Harry Styles walks in and I wouldn't do okay (laughs) in a club. I mean, you know, I would do I do great in all Harry Styles, Harry Styles list clubs. Once he shows up, I mean, he looks so good in the movie and he's in it for like 30 seconds. The outfit is cool. The hair. Oh, I'm getting angry. Next question. It was pretty obscene. Yeah, it's pretty obscene. Okay, so you became a movie star with your eternity on Earth as an Eternal. You became a movie star. I loved how you passed the legacy on from person to person, but really it was just you. Which Eternals, which of your Eternals, the fellow characters in Eternals, would be the most likely to A, become a YouTuber, B, start an OnlyFans, and C, Sell humanity's artifacts on the dark web. Okay, sell humanity's artifacts on the dark web. I feel like Makari would do that because yeah. she collects stuff and uh, I think she would sell it. I think uh, Sprite is most likely to start a YouTube OnlyFans. I mean, uh, who who's in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I got a dark horse for you on this one. Yeah, go ahead. I think it's Icarus. I was going to say Icarus, actually. I want OnlyFans? Really? Yeah, I think I it's think Icarus. So. Because Icarus is all, you know, Icarus is all about business. You know what I mean? I think that's what he left. I think that's what he left Cersei to do. I'll be honest with you. And I think he, like, carries so much on his shoulders all the time. You know, it would be nice to, like, cut loose, you know? That's what. <laughs> right. Talk a little bit. Right. All right. So I have a I have a multiple choice question for you as well. Kingo projects cosmic energy from his hands. I want you to see who he could beat out of the following. 
Could Kingo beat Goku's Kamehameha from Dragon Ball Z? Yes or no? I'm going to get in trouble for this. Yes. All right, fine. We have, we have three more. Captain Marvel in her binary form. Could Kingo beat her? I don't think. Captain Marvel's very, very powerful. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we have a yes, we have a no. Naruto's Rasengan from Naruto. I don't really know Naruto really well. Damn. All right. Well, I am so fucking happy that you kept it real right there. Because I was about to be like, <laughs> if he knows Naruto, then we, we need a third slot on the podcast. For real. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Well, what do you guys think? Do I beat Naruto? No, I don't know Naruto. Charles, I, I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. No, no offense. But no, it's okay. All right, Kamal and me have some tension right now. I don't know where it's coming. No, 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 from. it's all good. It's fine. Last but not <laughs> least, Cyclopses laser beams. I think I think Kingo beats Cyclops's laser beams. I think maybe not even the first one, but I think I think Kingo beats beats Cyclops's laser beams. Uh, I have, yeah, he he beats them. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is my last one. Who is more likely right now on this planet to be a celestial in disguise? Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, or Barack Obama? When you mentioned it, I knew that you were going to ask. I knew Elon Musk was going to be on the list. <laughs> when you said celestial, I was like, Elon Musk. But that's not my answer. So Barack Obama, Elon Musk, or Jeff Bezos. I got to go with Barack Obama. Yeah. Barack Obama? Really? I think so. Because mm. I don't, I really don't want to wade into the rest of the debate. Can I say that? <laughs> that is <laughs> very fair. Very fair. And totally and fair. Very, very smart. Y'all trying to, you guys are trying to trap me? Uh-uh. No, these, no, we told no, no, you, no. these are hard. You, look, look, can I be honest with you? You are navigating the 12 questions to midnight minefield as expertly as anyone ever has. This is exactly what you say to get me to trip up. Like, you know, when you're doing interviews with people and they're like trying to be your friends and nice. And then they like hit you. That's what you guys are doing. All right. Next question. Let's see if that's, if, if I have the right read on it. All right. You have, we, we see in one of the post credit scene, our man Dane being, being spoken to by someone, you know what I'm saying? And Dane famously was an Avenger. Okay. So you get six slots for a new Avengers team. Who are you going with? And does Kingo get one of those slots? Yeah, Kingo, Dane. Do you know who's talking to Dane off screen in that? I don't know. Who, do you know who's talking to him? Yeah, I do. You saw that scene, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you recognize the voice? We, we, we thought it was millions of voices. We've talked <laughs> ourselves into every different voice, every character in the fucking Marvel Universe we've talked ourselves into. No, it's a specific voice. Whose voice is it then? Whose voice is it? You guys have seen the movie, and this is after. Yes, we've seen the movie. I've seen it twice. (laughs) Blade. Is it Blade? It's Maharshala, yeah. Are you sure? Are you positive? Yeah, I think, I hope I'm not in trouble, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow, that's amazing. All right, drop a flex bomb on that. We got some news. So you have four more members. You said Kingo? Uh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Oh, wow, okay. Love it. Um, and then are there like, is Captain Marvel in it? Anybody. This is your okay. team. You could pick anyone. Captain Marvel. I think we got to bring Cersei in. I think she's, I think she's going to be in there. And uh, Thor. So who's out? You wouldn't, you wouldn't take, you wouldn't take Captain America, the new Captain America. Oh yeah. The new Captain America. 
who stays out? Who who does he muscle out? He muscles out Thor, I think. Yeah, he muscles out Thor. He because you got out. enough you got enough firepower. You need some leadership, and Thor's part of the old guard. He muscles out Thor. That's right. That's right. We already got two big egos with Kingo and Thor. You got to get one out. You got to get someone in who can like. Remember and, and remember, you said that Thor used to follow you around when you were a kid. You're right. And so Fuck it's not gonna. It's gonna get mess up the team chemistry. One. So it's Captain Marvel, Cersei, uh, Shang Chi, Kingo, Captain America. No, I think America. Dang, yeah, he'd be in there. And then Van, you got one more question, and I got one more question. Besides the Eternals, because these are some sexy robots. Who do you feel like was the sexiest robot of all time? We're talking. Think about the robots that we've had. You've had robots with all different types of charm. You got Johnny Five. You know what I mean. I, I I have a special part of my. You got uh, your man from I Robot. Who do you feel like was the robot? With <laughs> that the most was sex a sexy appeal? robot. <laughs> <laughs> that was a sexy robot. No, uh, would the woman from Weird Science count as a robot? How did I not fucking think of that? Like, is she a robot? Does she count as a robot? Because she's Frankenstein's monster. Is that a? Is she a robot? I'm gonna look up. Is that's a good question though? Is she a robot? Because if 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 she is, that's by far the easiest answer i thought i had a great question but it would she be considered a robot or if she is she an artificial life After form? Is that- hooking electrodes to a doll hmm. and hacking, that does sound like a robot sounds like a robot yeah sounds like a robot we're gonna get a we're gonna get a rule a final ruling on that later let's just go with her but if you couldn't take her who would you take i'm trying to think you know i mean the the honestly the metropolis robot is is pretty cool and has influenced robot design to this day. <laughs> robots are like based on the Metropolis robot. I think that's a that's a sexy robot. All right. The last question, toughest of the day. For this role, you know, you broke out your dance moves, your Bollywood dance moves. I'm gonna throw out some people and I want you to know, could you beat them in a dance battle? The first one, could you beat Omarion? No. You don't think so? <laughs> no. Are you a fan of Omarion? I mean, I know who he is. I'm not like a fan fan, but... All right, well, I'll send you some... I'll send you a playlist of Omarion, but that's fair. Chris Brown. Do you think you could beat Chris Brown Whoa, in Dance Battle? Chris Brown? <laughs> no. Last but not least, Michael Jackson. Do you think you could beat him? Yeah, what yeah, yeah. You, I could are, beat Michael Jackson. Yeah, what are these questions, about? Charles? Oh, I just wanted to know. I could beat him today. Oh, my God. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Last interview of the day, best interview of the day. Okay, best there's more, the man. Day. There's one more. I gotta right. go to Seth Myers after this. Oh shit! Oh wow. Well, there is. Listen, man. Big moment for you. Big moment for the entire cast. Uh, appreciate having you. You're a man. You're a superhero now. You are a superhero. Like what is? What, like I'll let you have the last word. What is it like now for you to be a part of a film franchise and? but part of so many people's imaginations, man. It feels amazing. It hasn't hit me yet. You know, the movie's actually coming out tonight. So I think once things settle down a week from now, I'll be like, okay, wow, this is, this is real. It's, you know, I have an action figure. I got that action figure. Mm. Um, I did buy five of them because I, <laughs> I wanted on Amazon to be like, wow, the King of action figure is selling really well. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to are you going to seed them to any of your family being like here's your Christmas present? Yeah, yeah. My I'm you know I'm sending them to my family and stuff. I've signed a bunch of them. I've uh, I've been giving them out. Um 
you know, Emily was like, we were well, right before this big publicity tour, we were sitting on our couch and Emily turned to me and she was like, we went to see Iron Man together opening weekend. And now you're in, we've seen every MCU movie in the theater. And she was like, and now you're in it. And I was like, oh, well, let's talk about it in three weeks because it's too overwhelming right now. So I just, I'm like, you know, I hope I get to come back. I have no idea what's going to happen next. Like, you know, Dane, Dane feels pretty good. He feels like a lock. Uh, all right, you're coming back. Kingo is coming oh, back. Of course he's coming come back. On. He got taken by the most powerful being in the universe. Who's going to come and rescue us? The other Eternals. Oh, you guys will be There's, back. Do you, don't, you, don't act like you don't know how he's, these things go. We your other superpower is humble, being very humble. But come on, man. Don't, don't mess with the Midnight Boys. We know you're coming back, bro. We know you guys are coming back. Okay, I hope you're right. We Thanks. appreciate you making the time for us today on the Midnight Boys. Uh, you comported yourself really well in 12 Questions to Midnight. Uh, Kamel Nanjiani, Kingo from the Eternals. Wish you guys all the success. And I know we'll be seeing you back around these MCU parts later on. Thanks for talking to me, guys. Someday we'll, oh, we'll meet in person. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. That is a wrap for us. Thank you so much again to Kamal Nanjiani. Uh, this coming Monday, join Mallory Rubin and Joanna Robinson for their deep dive into Eternals. I'm interested to see what they have to say. I saw this movie with Mal. Will the real be kept? Ooh, throwing down the gauntlet. It's a challenge to the House of R. You think they're going to keep it 100? I think they will. We'll see what happens. The Midnight Boys will be back later for the first ever edition of Midnight Misses. Please stay tuned for what films we're going to choose for Midnight Misses. Uh, Till then, you must follow us. You must, you must, you must at Ringerverse on Facebook, IG, and Twitter. Join and send questions, ideas, and thoughts. We love talking to you guys and we love listening to you guys. Producer credits. Our producer is Steve Allman. Our social producer is Jomi Adinaron, hashtag free Jomi on social media. An additional production, as always, from Arjuna Ramkapal and TD. Chuck, take us out. All right. Should the MCU be more horny? Would the Eternals drink Dasani? I want to send a special shout out to honorary midnight boy, Kamal Nanjiani. <laughs> <laughs> You, y'all love the Starks, huh? You don't, yeah, you don't, you don't rock with the Starks, man? The dumbest niggas in Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, come on. Man, they got heart, man. Sometimes it ain't come about on, that. So they got heart. Dumbest, they got heart. The dumbest. <laughs> the dumbest niggas in Westeros. It's not come even fair. I, I, I love I love, look, I love Ed. Uh, I love Ned. I love... I, I love them all. They just dumb, dumb. Arya sir, saved the whole family. She the only G. Out of oh all come of on, them. you can't. I, wait, actually, I was about to defend John, but I, like I remember the Battle of the Bastards. I'm like, yeah, he's dumb as hell. That nigga's he like dumb too. Worst, bro. The, the dumbest, worst. dumbest, <laughs> dumbest, 
dumbest dudes in all of West. Not, John was in his listen. John was in his bag the whole series and male right. chauvinist because women keep telling them what they need to do and they don't ever listen. <laughs> like like Kat said, hey, just marry the girl. Guess what? You don't marry her. Not everybody gets killed, including this dumb. Like, yeah, I, like anyway, yeah. anyway <laughs> let's go. Let's get back to this. Okay, so. What do you think when Lil Boosie sees this movie? Do you think he's just going to like blow a gasket? Boosie can't see this. It's like <laughs> Boosie, now Boosie can't see the Eternals. Boosie can't even walk into any theaters where the Eternals are playing. <laughs> you see scanners where people's heads just explode. You know what I mean? Like Boosie, Boosie can't be nearly, he can't, it's, many, it's myriad reasons Boosie not going to deal with this. Boosie played himself in his biopic. Was it like, I was seeing screenshots for this. He was supposed to be like 15. Yeah, and, then, and this nigga I was just like Boosie, you fifty, like you like, couldn't get a younger like actor. Get on like, Crib Keeper. Shout out to Boosie though, <laughs> Baton Rouge, bro. Boosie does not sleep Boosie out of it, bro. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 